Welcome to the Gardening the Hudson Valley podcast, where every week we bring you new inspiration from the gardens and gardeners of New York's beautiful Hudson Valley, making you an even better gardener. And now, here's your host, Marie Iannotti. Hello and welcome to the Gardening the Hudson Valley podcast, the show that brings you gardening news and tips from the gardens and gardeners of New York's beautiful valley region. And I'm your host, Marie Iannotti. I'm going to bet we're all in planning mode by now, am I right? It hasn't been much of a winter and despite the brief flirtation we're having with snow this week, I still put my faith in Punxsutawney Phil and an early spring. So I'm re- repeatedly poring over my catalogs and some of the photos I took of my garden last year to see what I need to do as soon as I hit the ground running in spring. One thing I plan to do more of this year is incorporating flowers into the vegetable garden. It's not just for beauty or because I've run out of space for more plants in the flower borders, which may be true, but it's not the point. There are several really positive reasons to um, mix things up in the vegetable garden. The first is simple old-fashioned biodiversity. Before we started planting things in nice tidy rows of single vegetables, nature took care of this for us. But intermingling plants confuses insects. If you have a row of cabbages, just straight cabbages down, It's like a landing strip for cabbage moths. They can fly down, pick a head, and lay their eggs. But if you surround your cabbage with maybe green onions and some marigolds, it could go completely undetected. The scent confuses the insects. So interplanting uh, will disrupt their sense of smell. It can even help stop the spread of some diseases because few leaf spots are going to jump from a tomato onto your cosmos plants and keep spreading any further. Now whether or not certain plants actually repel certain insects is still a controversial topic. I don't see why they wouldn't because we all have our dislikes. I mean yes it will confuse them if it doesn't if a cabbage smells like an onion and not like a cabbage but would they just avoid onions altogether? We don't know. We do have all, all have our dislikes, as I said, but there are just no studies to support this at this time, since it'd be pretty hard to have a control group with all of the ba- variables of um, weather and seasons, soil, not to mention who's going to fund a study that makes gardeners independent of insecticides. So the only thing you can do there is experiment and see if anything works for you. Um, there are whole books on the subject. Uh, a couple of my favorites are Great Garden Companions by Sally Jean Cunningham and Carrots Love Tomatoes by Louise Riot. But um, to get you started, I'm just going to toss out a couple if you want to start your experiments here um, for a couple uh, to fight off a couple of common insect pests. They say that planting sage near cabbage will deter cabbage moths. Um, Catmint will repel Colorado potato beetles and squash bugs, so plant them by your cukes and your squash plants. And calendula or pot marigolds um, are supposed to keep asparagus beetles away from asparagus plants. So if you want to, go ahead, give it a try, and please let us know how it goes. Now on the flip side, um, sometimes flowers will attract insect pests doesn't sound like a good idea, but you can use the flowers as a sacrificial trap crop. 
nasturtiums and especially nicotiana are both simply adored by aphids. So if you want to keep them away from your peppers, your tomatoes, peas, whatever vegetable seems to be attracting aphids in your garden, you plant your nicotiana or your nasturtiums maybe about six feet away from the vegetables that you are trying to protect and the aphids will be very happy to avoid the vegetables and feast on the sacrificial flowers. You can plant some more nasturtiums somewhere else if you don't want to uh, see them go to waste. Okay, um, the second reason to plant more flowers in your vegetable garden is that flowers attract more pollinators. Now I talked about this on the podcast last summer. Ornamental flowers are a lot flashier than the small flowers in many vegetables like tomatoes and beans. And I don't want any excuses from visiting insects that they couldn't find any flowers worth slowing down for. Now, of course, the flowers will still need to be high in nectar so that the insects are getting the nutrients they need while they work hard for you. And bees especially like flowers in shades of blue and white and yellow. And luckily, so do I. So I actually just let the wild violets stay where they pop up. And I add flowers like larkspur, borage, sweet peas, cosmos, and zinnias. I also let the herbs flower, which seems to attract every buzzing insect in the sky. They just descend on mint and oregano like it was a triple fudge cake. And it's a good thing to have them there. Okay, number three, number third reason is besides confusing some insect pests, flowers will attract your garden allies, the so-called beneficial insects. Now like garden pests, beneficials have their plant preferences too. Um, You plant their preferences and you'll be inviting helpers into the garden. Uh, Flowers from the aster family, for instance, which includes herbs like um, dill, coriander, and parsley are a great place to start. They attract several different kinds of beneficial insects. And the final reason for growing uh, flowers in your vegetable, at least the final one I'm giving today, is that it's a nice way to have a cutting garden and not have to worry about how it looks. Now when your flowers for cutting are safely tucked behind the vegetable garden fence, you can snip without the guilt of a flower bed that looks like it got mowed down or just looks shabby after you've uh, cut a bouquet or two. They don't even have to be grown in rows. You can intersperse them throughout the vegetable garden and that way they'll be doing double duty. So bring on the lavender and the sunflowers and let some of your herbs flower too. Make your vegetable garden the envy of your flower borders. It's a win-win, so go for it. And don't forget to order your seeds and plants soon because there's only 39 days until spring. Yes, that's just a little over a month and a week. And yes, I'm still counting. Remember, I'll be at the Capital District Flower Show on Saturday, March 19th at 3 p.m. I'll be giving a gardener's guide to the gardens of the Hudson Valley, and I would love to talk with you if you want to stop by. Um, Until then, I thank you for joining me today, and I hope you'll stop by the website at gardeningthehudsonvalley.com for more tips and garden talk from the most beautiful place on earth. And in the meantime, think spring. Yeah.